Hey guys, we are super excited this week to be re-releasing one of our very first interviews with Abby Peraza. Now, at the time, she was talking with us a little bit about living internationally with her kids and hiring an au pair, and then she started talking with us about how she transitioned from her corporate job into opening Studio Pop, which is a cycling and yoga studio uh, downtown here in Tulsa. The reason we wanted to revisit this episode as we are super excited to announce that Abby has started a life coaching business called Pop Life Coaching. So she's doing business consulting, fitness and sort of lifestyle consulting, career moves, just really anything that you feel like you need a little nudge in the right direction. One of my favorite quotes from her website is, I believe there is no such thing as work-life balance. It's all life. So we love talking to Abby, and um, if you're not interested in the part of the interview about au pairs and uh, international living, hop ahead to about 40 minutes in, and Abby will tell her amazing story of how she uh, exited the corporate world and followed her plan to open her business and help revitalize downtown Tulsa. So uh, we hope you enjoy it. If you didn't listen to it the first time, if you did, it's been well, close to a year, so might be worth another listen. Please enjoy, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sarah, a working mom of a toddler and an elementary school kid. And I'm Claire, the mom of two boys who are also in elementary school, and I also work full-time. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. Hi guys, welcome to the middle of everything. We're back. What's going on this week, Claire? This week, we have a special guest. Yes. She'll be in the studio shortly. Her name is Abby Peraza. Mm-hmm. She is a, she's so many things. She's a mom to three girls. She is a local business owner. She has a really rad studio, downtown fitness studio. They do um, cycle and yoga and different kinds of workshops called Studio Pop. Um, and yeah, she and I have been friends for years. I'm really excited. You guys have never met. Or I've heard about her and we've been Insta friends. So I'm excited to meet her in person and chat. Yeah. Um, What's happening in life right now? You know, it's been a fun week. Um, we're just coming off of Mother's Day and my birthday. So I've basically gotten nothing productive done this whole week. Um, okay. So I actually was thinking about this on the way over here. I brought a question for you. Have your kids had these, like, growing pains in their legs at night? So, yes, and I definitely diagnosed it as cancer. Bone <laughs> cancer specifically. Of course. Oh, yeah, of um, course. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, it lasted a couple nights. Oh, my gosh. And I had to be talked off the ledge yeah. of going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was – so I assume, right? It's the, the, the hard part is that it's an invisible thing. Yes. And so I kind of, I don't really know if that's what it was. He could have pulled a muscle. Right. Kids, um, and this was my younger son, who's mm-hmm. five right now, um, and just a, a string bean, oh, super tall, feel like he's always growing. And he has complained in his thigh and in his knee area okay. before about pain when I couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And, and. It could just as easily have been a pulled muscle. Okay. But in my mind, on my, you know, 
mom Google. Oh yeah, black hole. There's I definitely fell into. a tumor in there. Yes, that or <laughs> growing pains. Yeah, right. right. So um, the answer is I think so. Okay. Why? What's happening? At so your place? I'm assuming that very distinctly. This has happened before, but not to the extent it happened last night. You know, he'll. It, it always seems to happen at night, and I think that's a thing. And he'll just sort of inexplicably cry and whine and say his legs hurt. It's always the legs. Last night, it was like screaming, crying, wouldn't stop, like went on for the first time. It was probably 20 minutes and we tried to like talk to him in his room and rub his legs and just, you know, that, that's the only thing that we know of that really seems to work. And we were, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of half asleep, so it didn't occur to me at that moment to give him, like, Tylenol or Advil or anything, which probably would have been a better choice. Do I don't think know. that would work? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And so we ended up, because, um, you know, my kids sleep with me every night. <laughs> Whether prior I mean episode. for it to or not. Yeah. yeah. So Grant just lets him come lay down with him. And kind of turns on a show on his iPad just to kind of calm him down and, like, distract him from it. He falls asleep in bed, like, whatever. You know, he's upset. We don't care. And then wakes up again a couple hours later, again, just, like, screaming and crying. And now this is a dramatic child. So this may or may not have just been extra drama and just the middle of the night. But he ended up like they went and slept on the couch and watched the show again at like two or three in the morning, just because he was screaming, he was waking everybody else up, you know, and I was just like, and then this morning, other than being cranky from being up all night, seems to have like almost no recollection of any of this happening. Like he was just so out of it and asleep and I've heard of this and I've you know whatever but it, I, I just might is there anything to do I about don't know. it great question and has this ever happened for him before just very slightly like not to this degree but it is always at night it always seems to happen in the middle of the night he wakes up and complains that his legs mm-hmm. are hurting and so we've always just kind of chopped it up to that because again there's no visible injury he's not doing any sports that day that right. you know it's just kind of out of nowhere And he is at that point where, like, suddenly all of his pants are, like, three inches too short, you know. So it's just, like, I I, I can only assume that's what's happening here. But, um, God, it was awful. It was so awful. Just the, again, a dramatic child. So some of it was over the top, I think. But it was it's enough traumatic. Yeah, if it's enough pain to wake him up to me, that's that's a thing, right? Yeah. So the answer is I don't know, but don't Google it. No. So that's yeah. advice number one. I don't know. I would probably try, you know, email us at hello at middle of everything podcast if Please. you have the answer. But what I would try maybe is hot water bottles mm-hmm. or ice packs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Hot, hot or cold. cold right. Um, elevating. But if he was laying down, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a thing. But. Yeah. We might do a little Advil before bed tonight just to kind of, you know, bend it off in case it's happening again because that's better than waking up screaming in the middle of the night. And I'm not like one of those like pop up an Advil for every ailment kind of people, no, but this not. was pretty intense. So I think we might try that tonight. But he, but then during the day, he doesn't ever seem to have complaints. It always seems to happen at night. and. And then as soon as we kind of distracted him, he was much better. Like, mm-hmm. he seemed to 
calm down and just, it's like, you know, like anything, if you kind of zone yourself out a little bit, you forget about the pain. So, so um, I just had a killer episode idea, which is we need a nurse. Ooh. And just run through. Here's what yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Free medical advice. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. But you know, this, this kind of like Common typical ailments. Yep. things that kids have do feel mm-hmm. that would be good, right? Okay. And we can Check. totally do like a like a Facebook call for questions. Yes. That would be a fun QA okay. session. We're gonna do that. We'll set it up. We gotta find a nurse. If any if there's any listeners that are nurses, please feel free to call us or contact us or message us or you can't call us. We don't have a phone number. But I mean, we have Unless phones. you know us personally. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for that. And be right back in just a minute with what? Abby. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at themiddleofeverythingpodcast.com, on Instagram or Facebook at The Middle of Everything, and on Twitter at T-M-O-E Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. Okay, we're back with Abby Peraza, my dear human friend and um, owner of Studio Pop in downtown Tulsa. I know, we're here. uh, I I said this, I think, in the intro. Abby was one of the very first people that came to mind when we were talking about this podcast for so many reasons. But um, one in particular is that she has had some really cool experiences with her three daughters and her husband living internationally and hosting international students in Tulsa and au pairs and uh, teachers, I think, even. And I really wanted to dig into this because we have just volunteered to host an intern um, during the next school year. And I don't totally know what I have signed myself up for. I'm really excited (laughs) about it. I'm. um, How old is this? Student well, so hosting. she's college age. So okay. I think early twenties. There's a there's a window. I want to say like twenty two to twenty nine is like the window you can apply to be a part of this program. Okay. But um, and and of course I have this information. I just got like so Where I like I stopped from? at like her picture. Um, she's from Paris. So that was Abby. Everybody, Abby, say hi. Hi, hi. Abby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So she is apparently from there, which I, so I'm not just like an American who thinks everyone from France is from Paris. Like she grew up there and is currently going to university there. And her name's Chloe. I hope I'm not like oversharing. Awesome. But <laughs> so will she go to school while she's here or is she just coming to like hang out? Or? She'll be a teacher at my okay. kid's school. Uh-huh. So oh, this is a so program. She's education. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is a program. I think it's really similar to like the au pair model. Gotcha. So she gets a year long visa to be in the U- U.S. Um, in exchange for working, but mm-hmm. that work is specific to um, working in the school. Okay. And we provide her room and board, her meals. Um, I think we'll get her a cell phone. So just okay. kind of like the basics, mm-hmm. and then she gets a stipend. Um, as part, you know, as spending money for her work. And then when I think the school year ends obviously in May and I think she still has like a month left on that visa. So a lot of the folks that come over will be there. They, they do it sort of the the big payoff is that last month they can travel around the country, um, Mm -hmm. kind of do whatever they want to do before their visa expires and they have to go back. So So she'll be with you 
September to May. She'll actually be with us for a semester. Just one. So okay. some some families uh, host for the mm-hmm. full year. We'll have um, her through Christmas, mm-hmm. and then another family from the school has. Wow. You know, offered and requested. I think um, there's actually been like a lot of people interested. So they, good problem to have. They kind of were like dividing, dividing up. Cool. So yeah. um, another family will be with her, and then I'm hopeful that we'll obviously she'll still be at the school. That we'll mm. stay in touch and maybe get to do like weekend trips with her or whatever. Oh. Um, as oh, it's going to be Yeah, it's just going to be so great. So tell me, how many times have you? Hosted, had somebody in your home, and what were those kind of? Well, how did those um, come about? I, I mean, I guess it all started like when I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So my mother was a teacher, and so we had just so many exchange students in our home as when we were kids, right? And then my brother also would befriend the ones that didn't live with us, but that were there. And so, like, I feel like when I was growing up, it was just like sort of a constant parade of girls and boys from all over the world and then um of course I was an exchange student in Germany I spent my senior year of high school in Germany as an exchange student partially because I just wanted to get the hell out of Tulsa (laughs) and my mom thought that was a great idea because you know now as the mom of a teenage daughter I can imagine how that might sound like a great idea um, and so I, I went there for my senior year of high school and came back and then I spent another year in Germany after I graduated from college working on a master's degree, which I never finished. But, um, so that set me up as just a person who was like into that. And I yeah. was like, this is, this is a great thing. So the first, um, international, um, hosting thing that we did was au pairs. So, like most moms, well, you know, I heard just this tangent. I heard, um, I've been listening to Joshua Johnson on the 1A, and he's been having, I know. Oh, I don't know this He's been having Beyond Mother's Day. So, Mother's Day was Sunday, and this whole week, he's just talking about topics around motherhood and parenting. Um, Yesterday, Jada Pinkett Smith was on. She was so great. Um, Anyway, so today, someone called in, and this isn't what the topic was about, but I thought it was an interesting idea, was to say, just in, in an effort to value and place and to societally make, start to make changes and place value on the work that mothers do, rather than saying working mothers, to say employed mothers, because all mothers are working mothers. Yes. Um, so as an employed mother. Um, <laughs> I love it. And with my first child, like, I could afford um, daycare. I mean, I really kind of couldn't afford it because I was working in a customer service job. Mm-hmm. But... You um, really can afford I know, it. Right? That's what I like. <laughs> but full-time daycare for one child was, mm-hmm. you know, affordable-ish. Manageable. Kind of manageable, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I had twins. And so uh-huh. full-time daycare for three children was not Mm -hmm. just not gonna work like there was just no way um and so I just started looking at other options and decided that au pair having an au pair was the best option because um my older daughter was like four years old so Mm -hmm. she went to kind of a part-time school situation and then my little ones were I mean when they were just born so um it was going to be infant care for two babies at once and Mm -hmm. that Discount for the second child just doesn't really <laughs> help. 
So um, even though it was kind of an upfront cost, I think it was like $5,000 or something sort of upfront mm-hmm. for an au pair, I just was like, this is on a month, monthly basis, vastly less expensive. Mm-hmm. Plus, we get to have, you know, someone living with us yeah. from another culture. And, and I ended up choosing a girl from Germany partially because I speak German and I figured, you know, this would be, a, you know, something. And partially just because she was the one that we chose out of all the ones that we kind of were presented. So she came and lived with you yeah. for just in your house, in spare my room, house. Yeah, so the way, time. exactly like what um, Claire said, so the way au pair programs work mm-hmm. is, I mean, they have a visa, but it's a very specific visa. Like, they okay. have to come here. They have to be an au pair. They have certain hours they can work. It's very regulated. Mm-hmm. You have to pay them for them to go to school. They go to a okay. language school, so she went to TC. Took English classes. They have like one day off a week, so you know Sundays or whatever. She have had her day off, which is that is that's tricky because they're home. Yeah, they live with with you, right? So you have to be pretty you know, tough about it or, or not, like, and you just kind of have to feel that out with your au pair and decide, you know, what's the right thing. But yeah, so she lived with us. Um, they gave her also a stipend. Um, when they come over, they're trained. They stayed for a week in New York. They got first aid training, cultural Mm -hmm. training, all kinds of things. There was a woman who came once a month and met with her. So she had an advocate in case of any issues. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I had three month old twins. Wow! That I just left with this girl who was sixteen years old, like, or I think she was seventeen. Um, but I mean, you know, sometimes that's what you do. Yeah. And um, we got her a driver's license, so I would just like she would drive me to work in the mornings mm-hmm. and keep the car if she needed it or whatever. And you know, it was absolutely fantastic. Okay. It was the best. And I never stopped. I had him for seven years after that. Wow. Like we went all one after the other after the other until well until we moved home from Switzerland. Actually, mm-hmm. um, did you ever have a bad one, or maybe just one that wasn't quite meeting your expectations? That <laughs> did not meet my expectations, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so I, that was... A, but one out of seven, that's pretty one, good. Yeah. yeah, well, they weren't seven. Two of them stayed with me for oh, two gotcha. years. Oh, gotcha, okay, so seven I years. So I had seven years, and gotcha. one, actually, one of them ended up getting married and staying here. She's she's <gasps> wow. lived in America, now she has the child. We're still totally in contact. She moved to Tampa. Um, so she actually got pregnant in her second year that she stayed with us, but she was 27 years old. I mean, she was a grown sure. woman. Sure, sure. Um, and she married that guy. Wow. And have a family and, and everything. She's an incredible woman. And then, let's see, then and then we moved to Germany and we had uh, a Swiss girl. Uh, we moved to Switzerland and we had a Swiss girl that was no pair, which Switzerland's government was a little bit confused by that. Like, how can you? Because, you know, you're supposed to go to another country to be an au pair, but, like, you're, whatever. You're here. But we, like, had to convince them that, like, it was a cultural exchange because we were an American family. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so how old and, were your and kids? And the Swiss were, like, just. Not I know. Yeah, like very <laughs> not, much so. Not very much so. We had a woman, a girl from Estonia while we were in Switzerland oh, as well. Wow. So. Okay, so how, give me a timeline. Okay, so right. how old were your kids when you moved to Switzerland? Switzerland. Uh, my my little ones were four and my older daughter was um, seven. seven. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so how does that work with school? Like, 
school, you know, you, you, you get transferred and they're very generous to a certain degree. And in their minds, very generous mm-hmm. means that they pay for your kids to go to international school. Okay. So we went to an international school. They're beautiful, sweet, little, adorable school Aww. in the Rhine Valley. Absolutely gorgeous. Gingerbread with sprinkly snow uh, on top. That's what I'm yeah. picturing. Yeah. It, back is like, yes. it is very much I know. like that. Oh. I mean, the village that we lived in was 900 years old. Oh, my gosh. That <laughs> yeah. sounds amazing. So, but there was still these hours that, yeah. you know, even though it was, quote, unquote, full time. And so we ended up having an au pair while we were there, too, okay. just to take the kids to school, bring them home, mm-hmm. you know, right. all the things that needed that sure. needed to be done. Um, I can tell you that having an au pair is like, it's like having a magical fairy that lives with you. <laughs> because you wake up in the morning, you get dressed, mm-hmm. you put your clothes on, and you walk out. And there's someone and there, sleeping. too. Yeah. <laughs> And then the, someone wakes them up and gives them breakfast and takes them to school oh. and cleans their room while you're gone. Oh, my goodness. That's part of her job is, like, light housework. Yeah. Right? Taking care of the, doing the kids' laundry. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't wash a stitch of clothes for my kid for seven years. Oh, that sounds magical. It's magical. <laughs> and people here don't know about this wonder. Yeah. Because I feel like... Um, without getting too into the exact nuts and bolts, it sounds like if this, I mean, you're saying this is the cheaper option. Yes. As if, opposed to like you have multiple kids, kids in full-time, kids yes. in full-time mm-hmm. care. If you have three kids. Right. Sure, right. sure, yeah. sure. But I guess what I'm saying is like, it's not like this. Ex- I, I think when I it's think not of an, mm-hmm. a quote unquote nanny situation, I am thinking way expensive. high end. I'm thinking yeah. expensive. I'm thinking some sort of rarefied air. No. situation and you're mm-hmm. saying like no like it financially made sense for our family to do it that way and by the way there was all these other all benefits. these other side benefits oh, yeah. yeah and I mean and I looked into that too I looked into paying a nanny but mm-hmm. then by the time you pay someone by the hour yeah I mean it's you, uh, you you can't afford that either yeah so this is I mean this is a cultural exchange there's a reason for these this these programs to exist mm-hmm. and these girls are you know, they're usually taking a gap year between high school and college for whatever reason, you know, they're 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 smart and happy girls mm-hmm. on the right track of life for you know, you sure. know they wanna see the world. They wanna see the world, they wanna you know so or there are boys too, I shouldn't say just mm-hmm. girls, there are there are male au pairs. Um but yeah, I feel like I mean and I actually I mean, talking about this now, I remember when we when we like finally kind of finished having our pairs, I thought I should be I should like do I should be an advocate for this because <laughs> it is such a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. And I mean, my house now is a shithole compared to how it was when I had an au pair. Not that she was cleaning the house. She wasn't. But she was, what you know, she was taking care of the girls' laundry. Mm-hmm. She was making sure, like, I would get home some nights if I had to stay late at Maybe work. Put pillows up off the floor. Yeah, she just like putting away the toys that get beds. drug out before school. Yes, like, that's, you exactly. know, every night we pick that and up. I mean, what damage can they do in the 30 minutes before they leave for school? And a lot. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, I, and depending, again, depending on the girl and depending on your family's culture and all of that stuff, I mean, 
with with all of them really. I mean, I could call home and be like, "Hey, would you put a pot of rice on?" Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll do the rest of dinner, but if you could just like make the rice, yeah, and then I'll, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I get home and like put the rice on the stove, and there was a mm-hmm. and they're that's wonderful. And that I mean, and I'm not exploiting them. Like that's what they're supposed to do, yeah. and that's what they're happy to do. Yeah. Now I do have some pointers. Okay. Thinking Please. about doing it. Yeah. The first girl that we had, I think it was it was successful. Um, she was a she was religious, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times when kids come here from other countries and they're only maybe seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old, they can't go to a bar, mm-hmm. they can't do the things that they're nor- they're used to doing in their hometowns. Even if their hometowns are much smaller than Tulsa, they can go out. They have freedom. Mm-hmm. They have trains, public transportation. They can get yeah. on exactly. So it was lucky, it was a lucky sort of coincidence that she liked church, and so she could go on Wednesday night. She went to youth group, and then on Sunday night, on her day off, she got out of the house by going to church, by going to the youth group. She made friends. They would pick her up and take her and do things with her. So, um, And, I mean, she was religious in a very sort of German kind of not-in-your-face evangelical kind of way, but, like, it gave her something to do. Yeah. And we weren't involved in it because we didn't, we didn't mm-hmm. you know, do that. So um, that was great. But otherwise, it sounds like like if you have somebody like being, it sounds like being conscious of that sort of threshold yeah. that as Americans, we mm-hmm. all understand at this age, you can start driving at this age, you can, you know, go to the bars, you have somewhere to go out, you know, on, on a Friday night, right. um, that that would be important. Of course, now we're in the age of Uber and Lyft, which I'm sure is it's super much helpful. Yes. And yeah. I mean, but just like think back to how bored you were when you were 17 years old mm-hmm. living here. And imagine now that you had had a life where you had freedom and mm-hmm. things that you could do and friends and, friends, yeah, and yeah. now you don't and you're just like living with this family. So so there are things that you have to really try to, you know, try to find them a social group, mm-hmm. try to find them, you know. And so you've got to be, you know, that mm-hmm. that type of person yeah. because otherwise they'll just they can get lonely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they'll be lonely. They'll, of course, there are times when you're sure. away from home where you're homesick and lonely. You just work through it. And now you said um, you had a couple of the girls for more more than one year. Right, right. Is that is the normal engagement a year with like the opportunity to extend? How no, does that work? Not really. I think actually, I'm trying to remember with with Anna because she was the only one that stayed with us for more than one year in America. Mm. Or maybe she was a little. I. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I. I actually think that we did. Like yeah. we, there was an option to extend the visa for one more year if you stay with the same family and all that stuff. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what got we it. Did. I got don't it. think, but that we but had a year would be more typical. Oh that's yeah, a one year yeah. would be. It's the, normally it's one year. Got it. Mm-hmm. Anna was 26 years old. She was a grown woman mm-hmm. by this time. She actually already had that boyfriend, the one she ended up marrying. So mm-hmm. she wasn't only staying. For she us, had incentive to but, stay. You know. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Switzerland for yeah. a second because I want to know how long guys there i should know this three years three mm-hmm. so do all of your girls all three remember it pretty pretty yeah. clearly i mean lucy yeah. obviously she, she was like yeah. seven to ten right lucy remembers it and still has lots of friends even mm-hmm. you know thank god it's the era of social media so they keep in touch on yeah. facebook and instagram and all that so let well, me not interrupt facebook because young people don't use facebook how, yeah <laughs> they're not they're too cool for that how old are your girls now uh lucy is 20 okay and the twins um, Lily and Sophie are 16. Okay. I We usually say at the beginning and right. we just got kicked off and never said right. that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so this is 
uh-huh. 10 years in the past right. plus for them now at this point. So, okay. So, cool. yeah. So, um, so going back to Switzerland, we pretty quickly, we had so many, just many crazy things that happened, but, um, we pretty quickly realized that we were we were going to want and need to have an au pair there too, mm-hmm. and so we uh, first one was um, Marika. She was from uh, Estonia, okay. so that was more of a like actual like au pair situation. And then after that, um, we had Jessica, who was from just really the next town over. Um, she was a Swiss girl, and so she and she didn't live with us on the weekends. She went home to her own home on the weekends, which was kind of nice. Yeah, in a sense, everybody you know? gets a little break. Yeah, everybody gets a break. She goes home, and and actually it was fun ideal. too. Like she would take our girls to her house sometimes, and nice. just like her mom would make them a lunch and stuff. So that was that was really fun. Dual circumstance, and I have to say, I was very thankful that I did speak German because I arranged it all. Like I went and found the person, and found went to the offices and did all the stuff yeah. because there was no, you know, kind of support for that. So, so how did your family do with the language? Um. So <laughs> this is funny. My husband Winston, when he he decided that he was going to, you know, learn German. So he, we had a house, he had an office there and he worked for his company. He owns a company here in Tulsa. Okay. And so he worked for his company from there. Also, just to point out, Winston, also bilingual. I don't know if he spoke more than, so, I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know if this is true or not, but there's this perception among people like me who don't have super strong language (laughs) skills that once you are bilingual or trilingual or whatever, that maybe you would pick up other languages more quickly. I don't know yeah. if that's true in his case, but carry on. I think it's true. Yeah. I mean, but what what was hilarious is that he's like, he's working and he puts on his headphones and he had downloaded this whole big, I mean, I don't know if it was Rosetta Stone, but something like mm-hmm. Rosetta Stone and he had downloaded it and he was listening and he's like working away and he's saying the words and repeating and as he's working, <laughs> he's, you know, doing his thing. And then like after about, after the first session, the first class, he says, Congratulations, you're on your way to learning Dutch. <laughs> and he looked at me like, oh man. What? He's he singing Deutsch and it's Dutch. So yeah, he learned a little Dutch. Oh, okay. While we were there. So we've got just a little, <laughs> a little touch. Hint of everything. Um, a touch of Dutch. Touch that's of amazing. Dutch. Oh, it was my so gosh. funny. He told me later, I was like, oh my gosh, that's too funny. But yeah, I mean, he did a pretty good job learning German. And I will, and the other thing that's kind of funny about that particular area of Switzerland is that they have this really, really impenetrable dialect. So even I, who like, I mean, my degree is in German. Yeah. Like I can hold a conversation with anyone in German. I can, I live there. I couldn't understand what they said. I mean, it was oh really, God. really hard to, to learn. So you kind of like, you don't want to go there to learn German. <laughs> like, it's very hard. So there, there was always that, like he would mm-hmm. feel really proud and he would practice and he would learn, he would learn to say something in German and then he would, you know, say it to the person and they can understand high mm-hmm. German, but then they would speak back to you and you're absolute Swiss German and it, it would just deflate him like oh <laughs> I have no idea what you just said and they, you know and then you know they they would make an effort to speak high German to you but then it's always just kind of funny but anyway um he he got along pretty well um and then Lucy really picked it up mm-hmm. I mean she really spoke well as a matter of fact she got put into the um native 
German-speaking class of the international wow. school. So, I mean, a lot of the kids were mm-hmm. native German speakers, not all of them, of course. And so they had a special German class for them Jeez. that was like our English class mm-hmm. would be for us. Mm-hmm. And she got put into that class. Does she still remember it? She does. I mean, she she took German at, at Booker T for, mm-hmm. for all four years that she was there. Yeah. And I think she she does remember it. Not, I don't know that she would be able to like really carry on a conversation mm-hmm. right now, but probably if she went back sure. within a, a couple of weeks, it would Fresh be, up a yeah, little bit. it would be cool. that. And the twins didn't learn as much because they were only three years old when we got there. They went directly into the international school, and they don't need to talk to anybody but each other. Right. So like, they were they have like, their own twin language, yeah. right? Or do they? I'm always fascinated no, by twins. No, they don't. Okay. But they, are they identical, or are they... You know... I never actually had them tested uh-huh. because um, the doctor told me he's like, they're fraternal. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I've been a doctor for 30 years. Mm-hmm. The, the way the bags mm-hmm. and the sacks and all this stuff, they're fraternal. If you want me to do the test, it's not covered by insurance. It's going to be another whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm good. It's yeah. fine. But I do they look you. alike? They look exactly okay. alike. They're, it's definitely a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen situation wow. in that... To a lay person who is not their mother, you would not be amiss to guess that they're identical. Yeah. yeah. By the way, wow. also, we should just say, like, very sweet and very cute, girl. wonderful okay. humans. Aww. But, um, but yes, so I, I asked her the same thing, actually. Yeah. I mm-hmm. kind of assumed identical. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we go so, on the thing that, you know, that yeah. they're fraternal, but who knows? Technically, I mean, do you? Does it? I don't know. No, no one should commit a crime assuming they were going to blame it on the other person. (laughs) Yeah, DNA wise. So, but we do sometimes consider paying for only one college education. (laughs) Just let them take turns. Let them take turns. Yeah, just you go to class Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, (laughs) and we'll just like we'll enroll you as like Anna Sophia Lillian Christine, (laughs) so that the. You know, the oh, you'll always have like an out when, <laughs> yeah. when somebody's checking. I love it. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah. Switzerland wasn't the first time you'd live abroad, no. other than your other than your time as an exchange student. Right after you was it right after you guys got married that you guys went over to Venezuela for a while? And how long mm-hmm. did you live there? Eighteen months. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. And you came back before Lucy was born. Right before yeah. Lucy was born. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this was actually before Hugo Chavez came into power mm-hmm. in Venezuela, before it fell into the right. sad ruin that it is today. And, uh, you know, we got married. I married this great guy from Venezuela. Mm-hmm. I've always been kind of up for anything and didn't have any real yeah. prospects or plans here. So mm-hmm. I was like, why not? Let's move to Venezuela. Um, but you know, it just was, it was a wonderful, beautiful yeah. country full of lovely people, but it just wasn't the right place for me. Sure. And I, I, I think it's tough when you're from a place that you don't, that you feel safe all the time mm-hmm. to go to a place where you have to watch out, you mm-hmm. know, and you can't necessarily just like walk out of your house and go for a jog and those types of things where people have like glass stuck into concrete and walls around their house and things like that and I mean this was at a time when actually comparatively speaking it actually was quite safe and and the place where we lived was very safe and I say I couldn't jog I really could I could go and jog around there was a golf course in there but you had to think but you had to think about it yeah you know you had to consider it my husband was 
constantly worried. I mean, he didn't want me to go anywhere. He was going, don't, oh, no, where are you going to go? What are you going to do today? Are you going to drive the car? Uh, you know. And, and then you're pregnant for the last right. few months you're there, so. And so as much as I would, I, you know, and also there, you know, I felt like there were certain things about culturally, um, even for my husband, who was raised by a company man, right? So he was raised by a father who worked for 40 years at Pena which was the oil company. He was very much a straight arrow person, like absolutely following the rules and doing things the right way and raised his children to be that way too. And I felt like there, like, like there was a certain like Winston wanted to own his own open his own business and, and become a you know do the, what he does which is graphic design and and he, Winston is the is the same as his dad right mm-hmm. like he's very he's like he does the right thing he doesn't go around the the bend to do and I felt like culturally it was going to be tough for him to make it there mm-hmm. because there is a certain kind of fast and loose. Like, you Wild know, Westers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to offend any Venezuelans because it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just like that's kind of how it is. Like, for example, I was a teacher. I taught first grade, sixth grade, and seventh grade at a bilingual school in Caracas. And um, copying homework or papers from your friends wasn't wasn't a thing. Like people didn't care about it. It was just no big deal. Right in front of me. Like, just, here, give me your notebook. Copy, 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 copy. As if, like, the task were to just physically were just write it. write it. Yes. And I will say, I mean, a lot of that, it, it kind of was sometimes. Right, like, that was right. how I was instructed to teach. Like, go sure. in, write the stuff on the board, and they write it down. And I was like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Right. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> but, um, so copying, even copying in a test. And my girls, my, I taught at a girls' school. They could not understand why in Miss Abby's class you couldn't copy. You don't copy. You do your own work. And, again, it's just a cultural thing. And we're like, why? I don't understand why. Like, this is just how we do. This is what we do. Wow. And so it, it was it was just different, right? And, and again, like, I, I liked it so much. And Winston's family was wonderful. But when I got pregnant with Lucy, I had a friend there who was an American woman and she was so sad and she was so depressed and she wanted to go home so badly but she had two girls that were you know sixth grade seventh grade her husband was a policeman Mm -hmm. in Caracas and she just said I can't go home I I just can't it's too late it's too late and I looked at her and I looked down at my belly and I said okay I gotta go Mm -hmm. I gotta go before this baby gets outside of me Mm -hmm. And my parents had, uh, his parents had helped us buy, this was back in the heady days of the mm-hmm. Bolivar still having some value. <laughs> and we, they paid for us to go to um, Miami to buy, buy stuff for my pregnancy, mm-hmm. like buy cribs, cribs and yeah. that's what people did. <clears throat> yeah. And then my parents were like, oh, you're going to be in Miami. We will fly you guys home to Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So we get home to Tulsa, get to Miami. My parents live in Maple Ridge. Beautiful. The azaleas are blooming. Everything's perfect. <laughs> and I just said, I looked at Winston. I said, I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm I'm staying here. You yeah. know. I mean, some I I you know Winston um, is not here to and and I would 
would and should and will ask him this too. But I wonder in that moment, it sounds like it was a stressful situation for him too, worrying about you potentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah. while obviously he's a local mm-hmm. and obviously his mindset you'd expect to be very different than yours. I don't know. I'd be curious. Like, was there some sense of that from him too? Or no. you didn't sense that? No, <laughs> I don't wasn't. think so. No. I mean, I think he, he was, he was ready to, to go right there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. So he, I mean, I basically said, I'm staying here. I hope you stay too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was really awful. Like when I look back on that time, there are, there are a few things I regret in my life. You're also pregnant and hormonal. I'm pregnant. I mean, yes. that out. Yeah. Like That's a thing. That's a yeah. real thing. Um, but there are a few things in my life that I regret. And I would say that the way I handled that situation was childish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it was like I had to pull the hairs mm-hmm. out by the root. And mm-hmm. so, like, we went home. I did end up going home. I mean, I wasn't even going to get back on the plane. Oh, my goodness. Like, I was like, I'm staying here with right. my mama. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I did. I went home with him, and we, I mean, we sold everything we owned. Wow. Which his poor mother ended up buying most of it just with tears in her eyes because she just couldn't, I mean, we had, you know, she just couldn't believe it. She went from having you guys plus a potential future, not plus potential, a, baby, a future to baby. Having, not having us at all. Yes. Yeah. So and you guys oh, and my sister-in-law had a baby. Be like we left and then she had her baby like three days later or something. Mm. I mean, it was awful. I did it was <laughs> terrible. But uh, I did what life. I had to do yes. at the time and I yes. didn't I just I felt like there was urgency mm-hmm. to do this before this baby yeah. was born. There and is. I was yeah. seven and a half months pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I'm sorry, but this is gonna have to happen now and everybody's gonna be upset about it and, and they're probably gonna hate me. Mm-hmm. And to their everlasting credit they loved me then and they love me still and they forgave me but we came home and we had nothing i mean we had we had sold everything we owned we had eight dollars in our to our name oh my gosh and we moved back in with my parents and i got a job at dollar thrifty like by this time i spoke spanish and english so that was helpful yeah. in german yeah, so we just like started over. Th- I wow. mean, you know, okay, we moved into my parents' you house had in Maplewood. So let's be honest, still, yeah. um, you know, we just started and yeah. started on wow. our own, and and they you know helped us out. So and, after Sweden or Switzerland, mm-hmm. you moved back here. Yes, yeah, and you've been here. Ever been here since. ever since. Okay, yeah. and yeah. so then about. Three years ago, uh-huh. you started Studio Pop. Right, okay. right. So yeah. what what led you to that? How yeah. do you go from corporate <laughs> to I'm gonna open? Oh my god, a cycling, a cycling studio. I, I can chime in a little bit on this, and and I will say, were you we'll, there for the journey? We'll send, <laughs> we'll send everybody um, to your website, uh, studiopoptulsa.com, where mm-hmm. Abby has actually written a really beautiful piece on this. Mm-hmm. But I will say that she wrote I don't I don't yeah. I feel it feels like now in retrospect like a premonition but yeah. it wasn't a premonition it was a vision of of what you wanted yeah. really mm-hmm. um and it looked a lot like studio pop and then everyone that knows and loves Abby one of the things that I'm most proud of about her is that for a lot of people that's where it stops right or it's here's the big vision and here's what I'm really going to do, which is some sort of Water smaller, more version. attainable version mm-hmm. of that. And in case you haven't gathered that, this from I don't listening do to her talk about <laughs> this force. incredible yeah. life, um, she's not that girl. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mechanics in between, which um, you can share whatever you want about that. But 
what I will always remember is that you set this like, this is this is what my dream looks like, professionally speaking. Mm-hmm. And then I remember standing in this like empty shell where the studio is now after you had signed the lease, but like none of the built like I mean we're like rubble on R- the floor, which was so interesting to me by the way because from the outside it looked like a finished building. Like this is something that I learned, and but like when you're inside, they don't do anything because they don't know what tenant who they don't know who's going to take the space where there's going to need to be plumbing or electricity or whatever. So when you're inside the space, you feel like you're standing in a gravel pit, even though from the outside it looks like this just like beautiful empty, you know, retail environment or something. And I just remember standing there being like, "Okay, here we go." I don't know. I don't know quite what this looks like, but. Yeah, it's been incredible. It has been a really crazy journey. Yeah. So I so I was working at this company, which mm-hmm. I worked at for 17 years. I mean, they really, I mean, just to give you some perspective, I wrote, hand wrote, by hand, a letter <laughs> to the head of HR of this company when I came back from Switzerland, or mm-hmm. from Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me the job. Wow. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. And also, like, what Back kind of balls did I have? Like, I yeah. sent him a letter, like, my hand and said, like, hey, Did you fax it? You need yeah. me because I speak German and Spanish, and those are the only credentials I have. Yeah. But, hey. Yep. Those are valuable skills. <laughs> Obviously. Um, Two languages and people skills. That's, that'll get you far. So, anyway, I I had worked there for many years and gone through lots of things, and there just kind of had come a moment when I was thinking, okay, like, you know, I, I, there's, I, there's kind of, there's time maybe for something else in my life, but so I, I just thought about it. Like, what do I want my life to look like? Mm -hmm. And I've never really been the type of person to like believe in this kind of thing, but I do now because of this, like I, I did it on a spreadsheet because that's kind of where I am. Of course. I wrote down four things that I wanted to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, how did I want my life to look? And the first one was, to create an exit strategy from the company that I was at because, mm-hmm. of course, I had a great job and I made good money and I had all my best friends there. And, but yeah, and you can't just walk away from that when you have children and responsibilities. Right. So, create an exit strategy was number one. Um, oh, start my own business in the fitness or wellness industry. Mm-hmm. Number two, be a part of making downtown Tulsa great and fun. I, you can't say make things great anymore, but at the time. I love that like that was part of your... Make it great again. Make yeah, great again. yeah. Don't make Be it. a part of making downtown Tulsa mm-hmm. really fun and awesome and um, earn back my salary within two years. Mm-hmm. These were the four things that I put on that spreadsheet. And I just, that I just, that's what I wanted. And I put it away. And then maybe a year later, the company decided to move its headquarters and relocate. And my position was going to be eliminated. So I was like, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) And I thought to myself, well, the universe has just given me the most perfect exit strategy that I could never have dreamed for Mm -hmm. myself. So if I don't do the rest of this, a boulder will fall on me the next time I go outside because (laughs) I will have thrown something off. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I did. I mean, I just remember thinking, okay. And I was like, Watching the rise of things like Soul Cycle mm-hmm. and and falling in love with indoor cycling myself. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, this is Tulsa doesn't have a Soul no. Cycle, but this is yeah Tulsa yeah. Soul Cycle is what this is like. It is, it is and I'm a little. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not an indoor cycling that. person. Yeah, but <laughs> it looks like more fun. It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. <laughs> and I 
I brought I brought um I was cycling here in town mm-hmm. at a great studio that I really liked and I um but then I also had kind of a moment where I actually mm-hmm. took I mean I have been an exerciser my whole life. Right. Like ne- I've never taught an exercise class mm-hmm. ever before I opened the studio. That was the first class I ever taught. Wow. Unless you count personal training, unless, Claire. Unless I unless after you count work. yelling at Claire. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which I did. You can get up the stairs again. <laughs> I promise. But I've always been a person who loves to work yeah. out, especially group fitness. Like I love that energy when there's a group mm-hmm. of people and they're all like struggling and sweating together. Like it just creates a magic. Um, but I went through kind of a a time when it was just like, it wasn't doing it for me and it wasn't working. And so I decided to try yoga Mm -hmm. and, um, I did two things. I did nothing but yoga Mm -hmm. for like six months. I said, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to stop this other stuff Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to get sort of in touch with myself. I was having a little bit of trouble. My daughters were going through a little bit of teenagery stuff Mm -hmm. and I was feeling, that a lot and so and I was also having like self-esteem problems which was something I had never really dealt with before like in very much you know um and so I thought I'm just gonna do yoga and I'm gonna stop buying magazines this is also in the times really before Instagram like if I do this now every day I'm gonna stop looking at Instagram but I said I used to buy fitness magazines right and you know Mm -hmm. and I just said I'm gonna I'm not going to look at that shit. Stop looking anymore. at perfect people. I'm going to stop looking just, at that shit. These are these people's job. That's their job. That's and they're all airbrushed they do. And they're airbrushed. Yeah. And they're unhappy, let's mm-hmm. be honest. They mm-hmm. hate themselves because they can't eat or do anything fun. Well, okay. I, I, did, I just said that. I mean <laughs> We're that projecting. I yeah. But I if mean, I was that skinny, right. that's the way I would feel. But I mean, it's rough. Yeah. It's hard, right? And so <clears throat> I went on this sort of like cleanse and added yoga to my life. And I am telling you, my cells changed. It's amazing. Like it, it was really crazy. So then I knew like it had to be cycle and yoga. It had to be the sort of yin and yang of both sides this exciting, passionate, crazy, loud, fun mm-hmm. cycle, sweat flinging, and then the zen oh, side of yoga. So yeah, that that's what happened. So I just like, I left my job and I did this thing and I stood in that empty space and said, oh shit, what have I done? And here we are, like, starting into our third year Yeah, now. and you have, how many teachers do you have? I have, like, 13. Like, okay, you have a, I say, I have a friend that teaches, yeah. um, and she was telling me, this has been a, a few months ago, I think, that you or someone else had done research into something called booty yoga. Oh, I did. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was like, I think she said it was you, but at the time I didn't know you yet, so yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. I actually Caitlin, am but, Spelled B-U-T-I. Yes, I'm fascinated. I need to come down and do yoga because I'm I'm trying to get back into yoga. yoga instructor. Okay. I'm like the only one in Tulsa. So explain what it is. It's not booty like yoga, your booty off, but. (laughs) Well, I mean. Or you do. Okay. Okay. Let's be honest. But booty is a word that means um, the cure, a cure that is hidden. 
Okay. Right. So it is a, and of course now I'm going to butcher it on that. I can't remember what like Indian sure. dialect or language it, it comes from. But as we woman, say each week, we say wrong things all the time. <laughs> I heard you say <laughs> we that. don't have our fact checker. It's right. okay. We'll correct it and we'll link to we'll the actual the thing in our show right, notes. Right. Yeah, we'll find a thing and link to it. So the woman who started it, you know, she she researched that and, and she's actually quite interesting person. Her name's Busy Gold. Um, but she started it and it's just like the idea, like you first and foremost, it's so much fun that you can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Like you're shaking your hips, you're doing this this idea of that you're sort of spiraling your your core and you have so it these, is like, your spiral motion. Okay, oh, yeah, I mean you're like in downward dog. <laughs> nice. We do not use the word twerk, but um, if it okay. looks like a duck and it twerks like a duck, <laughs> it twerks like a duck. If it twerks like, like a duck, duck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have got so to go try it's this. a lot of fun and it's a very tough workout. Yeah. I mean, it will kick your booty for sure. Um, but it's very female centered. Mm-hmm. It's very empowering. As a matter of fact, we don't, we, you, they've started slowly to open it for men, but mm-hmm. I did not allow any men in my class. And it would be a special kind of man who would want to sure. come to yoga anyway, <laughs> which we would probably be fine with him. Going. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to create a female, mm-hmm. um, space and, um, unfortunately it's not on the schedule anymore. I'm, I'm okay. thinking about bringing it back on an event basis. I was going to say like yes. a workshop, like a, pa- workshop, like a party, party or a, yeah. And not for any reason other than I just didn't have any room on sure. the schedule. It was like Tuesdays at 8 p.m. So it didn't really work yeah. out. Um, okay. Next but, question. Yeah. Are you going to get some goats? Because now I keep hearing about goat yoga. <laughs> It, have you heard about no, this, Claire? No, this is a thing. No. Our a girl who works for my company in Nashville took her clients as a like activity to goat yoga, and I think there might be a place in Oklahoma City doing it now. You do yoga, and baby goats crawl on you. Yeah. No, yes, I'm not not real. look. See, it's a real thing. Please get baby goats. I'll keep them in my backyard. <laughs> well, I'm really not gonna get goats. <laughs> She's like, and no. But my cousin, <clears throat> shout out Anna, works for Puppy Haven Rescue, <gasps> and so we will. He, ha, she, and I have been um, kind of. Oh my gosh! Will you put yoga. me on the first email because I will be there every week for that. <laughs> so it'll be like, come do yoga with the puppies and take one home. Oh, oh yeah, she. Yeah, she'd oh, be into that I'm too. like, my husband would be like, please don't ever go to that because I. Oh, what a great idea! Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my so gosh, they've been doing it around it. town at a couple of different studios, and we just haven't found the right time yet but I definitely wow. uh, want to do oh that. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed cuz I've been wanting to get back in yoga cuz I agree just what you were saying about like being in a downtime when I was quite a bit younger after I got divorced, I went through this big yoga. Mm-hmm. I mean like I went to weekend retreats, I could do headstands mm-hmm. and like all this stuff and I just after having kids, I'm just so inflexible. I don't have the time, you know, so I've been like I really need and you to feel different. Get right? back it's into that. Yeah, like yeah. I really want to start that you know, incorporating that more regularly in. So, and, I mean, Tulsa has a really. If you lured me with scene. puppies, I would be there You'd every be time. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll let you know. Sign me up. For sure. Yes. So where, um, where can people go if they want to know what's happening at Studio Pop? What's the best way to find out? So the best way to find out is to follow us on Facebook at Studio Pop Tulsa or on Instagram also at Studio Pop Tulsa, um, or they can just you know. Come in, take a class, and just get hooked. It's addictive. 
awesome. And you know, if you go to the class with puppies, you'll you'll see Sarah there. I'll yeah, be there. You'll you'll get to see me. Well, thank you. Thank you guys. This was so much fun. Bye. Bye.